from this. Dirt, 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 I'm all about that. Dirt, 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 I'm throwing. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I'm a dirt trackaholic. Call it what you call it. Saturday night, I am so Kenny Wallace on that. Dirt, 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 I miss that. Dirt, 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 gotta get back to it. I've been the Kenny Wallace of the rap game. Ever since I hit him with that dirt track thing. Now nationwide, everybody knows my name. They're like, Mama, that's Kenny Montgomery. He sings that song we like. Yeah, boy, that's me. Roll out the trailer, I'm flossing. Huh. Them Hoosier tires glossing. Yep. Them cold kind, we're tossing. Right. They know I came to wreck it, yet I rarely bring out a caution. Get I hit the high side. Boy, I park it for Brian Clausen. Uh. I do them like... And welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast. And Ryan, it's you and I tonight, the Thirsty Goats, here live on Thirsty Goat Radio. Matt was under the weather tonight, so couldn't come and, and join us. But, uh, man, we got a lot to recap after uh, after Salem Speedway and the Halloween 200 weekend. Yeah, man, it was definitely a wild weekend. Um, loved every minute of it, though. I know that the weather kind of threw us a curveball, but, man, that's just – that's auto racing. <laughs> that's auto racing. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of became the, um, the, the quote of the weekend, no doubt. Uh, that's auto racing, but – I want to jump right in there and just talking about that's auto racing and give a huge shout out to Webb Dillard, man. And I know we had some fun, you know, some video content coming in before, but uh, I know you knew Webb, obviously, from your work uh, previously, but uh, my first time getting to meet with him and getting to meet him and getting to work with him. Um, holy shit, man. I'm just going to put it out there like that. The dude is a freak. Yeah, Webb's incredible, and, and I knew that, um, you know, I hadn't got to hang out with him for a few years. Uh, we went down uh, to his place in the Keys, I don't know, it's been two or three years ago, and, um, you know, obviously when, when COVID and everything kind of took over, we couldn't make the trip back down there, and, um, you know, it just worked out this year. I, I told him I wanted to, that was one of my goals with, with all of our broadcasting and what we're doing is to to get some of these people back that, that I used to work with and respected and, and to get him um, up here was very cool. Um, such an interesting dude. Like, I mean, he, he's literally <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite people. When I, when I say he's a freak, he's a freak on camera. Um, but, man, just just the knowledge he has and the, the view on life he has and getting to hang out with him. But I will say this, and I've not been in this industry as far as, you know, broadcasting nearly as long as what you have been, um, you know, along with Webb as well. Uh, but just amazed at, you know, his abilities and, you know, the things that he was able to do for sure. Yeah, and I, that's that's one reason why, um, you know, I worked with him several broadcasts up at Eldora for, for like, the Dream and, and the World 100, and he just always could find that angle, you know, and he could always find the shot. He was always there, and, uh, you know, with the Halloween 200, um, there's a lot going on. It's a lot to cover, and, um, you know, it was it was good to have, you know, obviously we've got Dad down there, but it was nice to have Webb a little, you know, a little younger and a little more legs to, to go after some stuff. And and I, I could tell, like, it, it was a kind of a slow weekend for us with the rain and, and just everything was kind of blah for so long. But, um, you know, when we left the, the track, Webb and I were, were just kind of recapping everything. He's like, man, he said, when they fired those engines, he <laughs> said, I, I, I came to life. And... He said, I just couldn't stop. And, and, I mean, he hustled the whole night. And at one point, he looked down on pit road, and he's climbing up on somebody's pit oh box. Oh, my gosh. And just, I mean, it was wild. But. He, he ran past for a wreck. And, 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 you know, this is the cool thing, I I think. Maybe maybe people at home think this is ridiculous. But the, the cool thing, I think, listening or, or getting to be behind the scenes, he's chasing a wreck down pit road. We, we watch from the tower his sunglasses fall off. <laughs> Now, anybody else naturally, just human reaction, something falls off your body, you're going to turn around and look and see what you drop. He doesn't break stride. His head doesn't turn. He goes down and gets the shot. And then as he's walking back, we had paid attention to who picked him up, let him know. But 
it was all about the shot. Only focus right there was the shot. Yeah, and and he he always gets it. Like it's it, he's just got such a you know an eye for it. And obviously, you know, with, with much goes on on pit road at Salem, um, you know, it's it's for a guy that it's never been to Salem Speedway, never seen you know a car go around the track, never seen the Halloween two hundred. And, and what all goes on, I, I think that he just nailed it. And I'm excited that, um, you know, I, I kind of told him that it's an open invitation, open spot for next year. And, uh, you know, Salem's already announced the date for next season. And it uh, looks like they're backing it up one weekend. And, and I sent it to him immediately. And I said, man, save the date. Like, it's yours if you want it. So I'm um, just excited, you know, that we got to do that. It kind of knocked, a, you know, something off my bucket list, like I said, to bring Webb up here. And I've got a couple other guys, you know, out in the industry I want to, um, you know, work with here in the future. But, um, man, it was it was a good broadcast weekend for us. We, you know, it was uh, ended up being one of the biggest ones we had all season. Uh, definitely the top three. I'd have to go back and look for sure. But, um, man, and, Salem and Speedway is awesome. Really, to to go back on the weather and everything we fought that weekend, to kind of save it and come out with the broadcast we did, um, you can't say enough. And, and I want to really say you can't say enough about Bill and Ashley Nicely and what they accomplished over the weekend. Because, guys, if you've not gone to Salem Speedway, it is more than just a race for things like this. Um and it's only going to get better with them. It's an event. Um, and, man, if the if the weather would have played nice with them, the event would have been even wilder. But, you know, they had live music. They got a great little bar and, and music venue area down in the campground. There were campers all over the place. Um, you know, the track is open for you to go out and walk around in the evenings. I know we went up and walked around with Webb. Um, Found a web angle yeah. uh, up there in the wall that he used <laughs> later. Uh, but if you've never been down there to experience it, you should. But, again, weather was crazy all weekend. We didn't – I mean, it was hit and miss Sunday whether we were going to go or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just want to give a lot of kudos to Bill Nicely and Ashley Nicely for what they do. But also for Bill, I don't think people realize the gamble – $10,000 to win in an asphalt street stock series. What that is. I mean, that's. <laughs> yeah. And well, and the thing, the thing about it is it's, it's okay. It's a series, but it's also such a local series. I mean, there's, I don't want to, that kind of sounds wrong, but because there's guys in Florida, there's guys, in Iowa, but for the most part, it's a local series and there's not just a huge pool of cars out there. I don't feel like that, you know, hit all the rule requirements and everything to, um, to come to this event. So yes, it's a gamble for sure. And, um, just glad to see all the campers, man. Like I, I couldn't believe, um, you know, the, the, the reach he got there in, in the campgrounds alone, um, you know, had a good feel for it. I think that was definitely a good move adding, uh, you know, the figure eight class and, and, Everything else he had going on, it it would just um, you know look to be a home run outside of weather for sure. And I do. We talked about the campers there. I do want to give a shout out. I know we put it out on our social, but um, Williams Williamson, excuse me, Williamson RV and camper rental, uh, right there south of Seymour, um, uh, on thirty one. Excuse me, I'm losing my train of thought. But south of Seymour on thirty one, can't find better people. Um, I know we. <laughs> Shockingly, we uh, were kind of late to the game on getting uh, things reserved. Um, for those who know us well, know that's just common. Uh, but, man, they got us hooked up with a great camper for the weekend. Um, it was a great deal. I mean, when you compare it to what hotel rooms would have cost, uh, great deal for the weekend um, and a great spot for us, man. We all were comfortable. We all slept comfortable. Uh can't say enough about what they did for us and and if you're looking for a place you know if you're not a regular camper you just need one for events like this i can't say enough about williamson rv um rental yeah i definitely second that that was i i knew that was going to be a, a good thing and it was going to be convenient and nice but until you know you, you roll out of the racetrack and it's like oh yeah there <laughs> we're, we're 10 steps from from home tonight so uh, you know, because these weekends they take a toll. They they really do, and and you know it's taken us a couple of weeks. I I feel like just to kind of catch up. Um, at least it has me because 
not only was it you know the end of a, a broadcast weekend, it was kind of the end of the season, the regular season for us. I'll, I'll call it. So we've still got shows to do. We've still got work, but um, it's just nice to kind of get that you know just end of the road. We're we're at the end of the season. Let's take a breath here. Let's regroup. And, um, you know, you have that camper right there where you could, you could just walk out and, and indulge in a few beverages and then not have to worry <laughs> about getting home. And it was, it was well worth the money. So let's, let's jump into the racing action there a little bit. And obviously for those who maybe have never been to Salem Speedway that are joining us, you know, obviously Friday night we had, you know, practice for all classes, um, which man, it, I knew, what Bill had planned with all the different classes going on. But until Friday night when they all showed up and got out there, I didn't really comprehend how many different classes were going to be running. And I do have to say again, to his credit, the weekend never seemed stale. I mean, it really, there was a lot of excitement, whether it was even the MMSA mini sprints, you know, that came out and ran, um, Legend cars put on a darn good show. Uh, the figure eight late models, we'll get into a little bit more in depth in a minute, but if you're not entertained watching them, I don't know what would entertain you. Um, and I got it. The crown Vicks on the big track, man. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. It's just a, an amazing thing. So l- let's jump in here a little bit looking at, um, let's just start with the big, big boy. And we'll back off of. Let's start with the true Halloween 200. Um, and, and man, just right off the top, for those who've never been there, it was really nice to see what was it, 47 cars? Is that what we started? Yeah, I think it was just shy of 50. 47 yeah. cars. So the field was back up again, $10,000 to win. Um, and man, I got to say, there, there's a lot of guys, and we say this all the time. I know in the media, we're supposed to be totally, you know, neutral. But there's guys and stories that you pull for to win. To get to see Will Kimmel park it on the front stretch uh, to get his first Halloween 200 was pretty special. It really was. And and I think that, you know, I, I hope I wasn't the only one when he, obviously he showed speed from the start and, and it was pretty evident he probably had the fastest car, even though there's some strategy in that race of, you know, when you turn it on and when you just ride. But he was just fast out of the gate. And you couldn't help but think, man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because Will literally has been out front all year, breaks, something happens. And it's it's um, just been one of those seasons. And I, I didn't even realize that he hadn't won like a Halloween 200 before. I didn't he either until they said yeah. that. Yeah, he, he hadn't really. I just assumed. Yeah, you just, he's one of those guys you do assume, um, you know, what, what the stat book looks like there and, and, Definitely cool to see Will. Um, you know he's paid his dues for that event for sure, and and I think that um, you know after having the season they've had in the past, you know, past few races, and they wasn't going to lose this one. I think they they showed up prepared. There was nothing on that car that was going to break. No, and I but I love how you said it because <laughs> I know standing in the tower, you and I obviously we have a lot of sidebar conversations while we're up there. And, both of us throughout the race said, man, Kimmel's fast. Yep. Kimmel's fast, but, man, he's had bad luck. And and not, it was never wanting to wish anything on it. It was just we weren't confident enough to say no one's going to touch him because his luck has just been so bad. And um, to see him be able to to finish that was was really, really cool. And uh, coming in behind him, you had in second place Sean Smith out of Louisville, Kentucky. Third place, Brett Hudson, um, Owensboro, Kentucky. I would like to to follow up with Brett. Obviously, Brett always a favorite at Salem Speedway, but he goes this past weekend um, down to Nashville and picks up the win at the Nashville Fairgrounds. So uh, really, really cool deal there. Fourth place, man, this one's cool. Um, Jeff Caudell, you know, has been racing, um, you know, at at Salem for ages. Um, Obviously, I know close with with your dad and your family. to see him get a top five finish and coming in fourth, man, and be there at the end. I mean, again, this is auto racing. We just talked about some of Will Kimmel's bad luck. Bad luck, an accident, he's right there where he, he could have, you know, been in the mix for, for a win there. So great seeing him come in there in fourth place. Yeah, Jeff's definitely turned it on the, the last half of the season there. Um, it was good to see them get some speed and some results because, you know, it's well-deserved. Um, you know, I think that 
it's pretty safe to say there's there's not many guys that race at, at Salem that have you know have any issues with with Jeff or you know I think everybody's got that most respect for him and um, I think that you know if he can carry that momentum he had uh, this season into next man he's he's going to have a a good year for sure. Six our fifth place Allen Williams uh, Jr. out of Louisville. Sixth place your point series champion um, Skeeter Crum. Always fast, always tough. Seventh place, Kyle Hadley. Uh, and we'll, we'll come back to Kyle. A little bit of drama there with Kyle, um, depending on which side you're on. Eighth place, uh, Calvin Parham. Uh, ninth place, Chuck Barnes Sr. And this guy, dude, he just continues to blow me away because it doesn't matter. He's a factor every time. Yeah, and it, he was a guy, and, I, you know, we talked a little bit about some of our side – talks up in, in the tower when, when we're doing these shows. And I think we kind of had, you know, f- for storyline purposes, we had, you know, two or three, maybe four guys that, man, it'd be cool to see win. you know, that we, it'd be cool to see this guy win. And, you know, uh, you know, Chuck's definitely one of those guys. It would have been a cool story, you know, for sure. Um, but to see him, you know, obviously top 10 finish and, and survive the Halloween 200 again and, and show speed all, all night, it was cool. You know, and, and when you start talking about some of these names, there's there's some that I think are definitely missing from that top group that you're used to seeing. And, you know, some of those you know, 24th is Brian Bear, um, Austin Baum coming in in 25th, uh, Chuck Barnes Jr. 26th, Roger Williams in 27th, David Baines in 32nd, so when we start talking about some of that bad luck uh, that came out, man, I think the one that probably hurt the most, uh, and we'll get into the Brian Bear and uh, Kyle Hadley situation, but I hated seeing David Baines have the trouble that he did, especially so early, you know. Yeah, and, and David's definitely, uh, I think it was 2018, he won, um, you know, won his first Halloween 200 um, but he's a guy I still, even though he's won it recently, I, I feel like he's kind of due. You know, he's had a, kind of a rough patch here on the regular season. And, um, you know, I, I expected, obviously, for him to be up front. But uh, that's the thing about the Halloween 200. It, it, You know, it's nobody's safe. And, you know, circumstances change. And, and you know, he just happened to be one of those circumstances that didn't go the right direction. So, and we got to get into it and talk about it, but the um, the most controversial part of the evening uh, or the afternoon, um, Kyle Hadley comes off behind Brian Bear off turn number two. Um, looks like Kyle comes up, washes up the racetrack, gets into the left rear quarter panel of Brian Bear. Brian gets loose. Brian is able to kind of correct it. Then up here, Kyle gets into him again, sending Brian down into that front stretch wall. And I'll be honest, first thing I want to say is from our vantage point, it looked much worse because I remember my immediate reaction was we need to cut to somewhere else because the way he hit, the way the car came apart, I'm very, very glad Brian is, you know, nothing but sore. Yeah, that that spot there, you know, I think – you know, very similar incident with Chuck Barnes Sr. at the during the ARCA race, I believe it was. Um, that's just kind of a, you know, a spot there coming off too. It's it's kind of a crucial, um, you know, passing spot, and you know the cars kind of upset there anyways, and and you know they just all kind of came off of, of two, and you know I know everybody's got their story, everybody's got their side, and honestly, like after you know we we watched the video a lot and. You know, we've seen obviously the perspective on on Facebook and all that. And I just, I man, I just still don't have a good solid read for, um, you know, what all happened there. I, I know how everything looks, and and um, you know, I, I know why it'd be easy to say that 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 Kyle, you know, just drove over him. I, I mean, I can see people's perspective there, but. You know, I also, you know, see Kyle is is a respected driver as well, which I feel like. And, um, you know, I think it's just racing. I think it all goes back to the motion, you know, the event. We've seen it throughout the year and and a lot of different, you know, high-profile events. The motion's on a high, and you might not always be thinking, you know, hey, you know, everybody's thinking, I'm going for the win. I'm, I'm not thinking anything else. And, 
you know, that's just the the consequences. Sometimes it happened, and and you know, nonetheless, good good to see that that um you know Brian was safe there, and um, it was definitely a scary wreck. No, and I, I agree totally with what you said, and I and I think that's the the thing. It is tough, no matter which side you're on, because. Y- your perspective is going to change depending on which side side you are on. Um, I can totally understand Brian Bear's perspective. Um, on the flip side, I don't know Kyle to be dirty or you know there be bad blood there. I could be totally wrong and not be aware. Um, but I also understand when you're at Salem Speedway, not a whole lot of areas to pass. All right. I can understand being behind Brian Bear, knowing how good he is. If I get a chance, I got to go try and make it happen. Um, hated it for Brian. Uh, totally hated it for him. Uh, Love watching that 99 run. But then the action ensued. <laughs> yes. and Because and we quickly knew Brian was okay. Yeah, once we knew Brian was okay, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're telling cameras, hey – you Get know, back on it. Yep. Keep an eye on what's going on. And it was kind of a shame that it was on the backs. I mean, I'm at this point now we're we're playing entertainment. So it's a shame that, you know, if we're gonna wreck, let's wreck on the front stretch where I've got cameras, you know, where we can get, yeah. get in the action. Everything but, was on the back stretch. Yeah, yeah, it was always away from where we were at, but um you know, we, we knew to, to keep our eyes out because um, you know, obviously something's gonna happen in a race that that magnitude and that it did. Like, and it's not what I really expected to see. No, because I remember first we saw him walking down the backstretch. And then we picked up and said, he's got something in his hand. And we had one of the cameras zoom in so we could see. Um, and he was carrying a spring that he had just gotten off his wrecked race car. And, uh, you know, for for lack of a better dad joke than this, he sprung right into action <laughs> uh, as yep. Kyle Hadley came back around and – uh, let him know his displeasure by um, sharing that spring with him. And I got to say, the most impressive part was that he almost caught it on yes. the bounce back. <laughs> and I think he was, like, to me, I, I want to go back and watch that part of it again. But I, I feel like in his mind he was like, oh, shit, this I'm like, this I'm going to catch this, you know. And, and I, I think he would have caught it had he not been surprised that it was coming back at him. <laughs> yeah, it, it bounced right back to him and uh, – and I just want to say this, like I said, you know, I hate it. I hate that Brian's car, um, you know, is tore up. I hate that, you know, that drama goes on. But that's part of what makes auto racing auto racing. And uh, you know, I understand Brian's frustration and displeasure. Um, you know, I'm just glad everybody was okay. And and you know, and and it was, you know, a historic moment at at Salem Speedway. And I will never forget Brian Bear carrying a spring down the backstretch. Right. To launch at him, and, and just to say that, um, you know, our company, Fresh Prince, uh, is doing something with Brian to help, you know, cover some of the costs of the uh, the rebuild there. Uh, we do have the Don't Mess With The Bear t-shirt. Um, you can find that on shopthirstygoat.com, uh, but it is there. You can find it on our Facebook page. As you go to Brian's Facebook page, he shared it as well. Uh, proceeds go back to Brian uh, to help with the rebuild, but it is a classic silhouette of a man holding a spring, uh, <laughs> ready to throw it, and says, "Don't mess with the bear." So, uh, shout out to Brian, man. I, I, you know, I joked about it in the tower that I was going to make a shirt like that, and then designed it. I sent it to Brian. Uh, I believe the first comment was, "You all are a bunch of dumbasses." Um, which is exactly the response we expected yes. from Brian. Uh, but you know what? Honestly, it's in good fun, um, and we hope that it can help him, you know, have some funds to rebuild the car. I, I know he told me the other day that we've not sold nearly enough, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I understand that, Brian. So if you want to help him out, uh, head on over there to shopthirstygoat.com and get you, uh, get you a Don't Mess With The Bear t-shirt, uh, courtesy of Fresh Prince. Do want to say real quick, um, you know, shout out here to to uh, Cody Trammell who wins the uh, MMSA uh, Mini Sprint feature. Uh, gotta say, man, I, I thought they put on a, a a better show than what I expected on the little track there in, in the infield. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. I was kind of excited to see, 
you know what the turnout would be for that and and how those cars would would react and um you know, I don't think it's something that's just going to turn into a weekly series by any means, but it'd be cool, you know, just say if, if MMSA wants to add, you know, a race or two a year onto their schedule, I think it'd be pretty neat. So, um, you know, definitely good win there for Cody. And, uh, you know, he can say he's a Salem Speedway winner now. To talk about the Crown Vicks on the big track. And, again, I think a lot of people when they hear – the Crown Vic class or the affordable auto racing class, they think of something less than. And But when you watch them on the big track, their times are not that much far off from a street stock. And a lot of times they maybe handle better and give more opportunities to pass. They're exciting to watch on that big track. Yeah, I, I mean, I love the idea when, when it got presented and and – Knew, you know, I had a good feeling that it was probably going to be a good thing. Um, I mean, I think it's exceeded the expectations for sure. Uh, those cars, you know, it reminds me of like a really old school, you know, Halloween 200 or, or street stock type race. Um, I, I think that, you know, as long as they can keep up with the safety and then the class <coughs> kind of stays, you know, fairly um affordable right affordable and just as level as possible i think it's going to continue to grow there honestly and um and those races like that though that it just has a good nostalgia and a good feel to it so um already Ware picking up the win there on that one um you know already has got a lot of experience in the outlaw figure eight stuff so uh, to see him come over and, and jump on the high banks in a crown vic and and, you know, it, it's not like he was the fastest car. You know, that that race there was definitely a battle of survival, and it was an actual race. Like, it, it was – there was no strategy to it. There was no anything other than get out there, race. Hammer on. down and you, go. Yeah, yeah. So. And, yeah, and, and $1,500 to the winner and a new Crown Vic race car. So, uh, it was a cool deal. Again, just giving a shout-out to, um, to Bill Nicely. Uh, for putting the Crown Vicks on the high banks and for all the guys that go out and race that because it was definitely one heck of a show. And you brought up there the figure eights, uh, late models. And, um, man, this one had about as much drama as as anything all weekend. Yeah, I was, it was good to see that they had a decent turnout. You know, at least um, I think they started like 17 in the feature. There was like 20 or so there. And, Really hate that, again, going back to the weather, I hate that, you know, the circumstances there. Um, you know, they had to cut the race short. And I know that there was a lot of, of people upset about that, and rightfully so. You know, I know we got we got blasted pretty hard um, from a broadcast perspective on, on people saying, hey, we paid for 100 laps and we got, you know, uh, you know, whatever it was. I don't know, but uh, yeah, yeah. It just was just one of those deals, and, you know, we, we kind of go off of what the track We're does. We're at the mercy and, of the track, unfortunately. Yeah, and, you know, the track deemed it an event, so in our book it's an event. But um, I really would love to see how 100 laps would have played out there. I really oh would. I, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of strategy to figure eight racing, and people don't realize that on that level, you know, with the outlaw figure eights. If so. we'd have ran 100 laps, there would been two or three more boxing matches. Yeah, it would have been good. And, um, you know, that was just one of those deals that, that – added to the Halloween 200 weekend and and he Bill, you know I, I know that you know he that was another fairly decent purse he had to take a gamble on and not knowing who would show up how it would work uh, a lot of questions on how those cars would adapt to that flat infield oval versus you know having some banking but I think he done nothing but add value to his event <laughs> I really do and and I hope that you know everybody can see past the the weather and the circumstances and give it give it a chance for next year well, and I think it shows right there just the value of the event when you start talking about some of the names that were involved in it. Ben Tunney comes home with the win, the $2,500 top prize, and the iconic Crosley Brands jukebox that he takes home. Um, he's a four-time World Figure 8 Series champion. So this isn't just some guy that jumped in, you know, these cars, and none of these guys are that kind. They're all experienced racers. But you go down the list, you got Ben Tunney, Eddie Van Meter, um, Mark Tunney, who am I? Ronnie Basham. Who else am I missing here? I mean, honestly, some of these guys are probably way more of a legend than I realize. Probably because you know, I'm not as versed right. in the figure eight world. 
But I will tell you, though, and, and I don't care what kind of race fan you are, um, you know, what you like, what you don't like, get up to um, the Speedrome in September and and check out the, the three-hour world figure eight championship. And, man, there's no racing event like that one. And, you know, I've been to a lot of them, and, and that one – you know, I missed a World 100 to go try it and, and just check it out because I'd heard so much about it. I actually missed the next World 100 to go back. It was that good. And, um, I mean, those guys, they're crazy. Like, there's no other word for it. But just to see the strategy and how much there really is into those cars. and, and I mean, it's a it's a race car. It's, it's a full-blown, um, you know, it's like a super late model, but they're just they're, they're racing on a, a figure eight. Yeah, it's not a it's not a novelty. It's not a a gimmick um, class. Like when when you watch these guys roll out, the best of the best, and it it amazes me because you could send you and I only out there, and we would hit each other in the in, <laughs> in, in the intersection. And these guys can run that many laps and and be able to make the the crosses and and you know not have the collision. I I know we all wait for you know, wrecks or excitement in racing. But I think that's what's crazy about figure eight racing. I don't really wait for the wreck. It, it's the it's the more exciting part of how close can you get and not right. wreck. Like, I don't want to see the wreck. Right. And, yeah, those wrecks are never fun. And uh, I think what's, what's cool about these guys at that speed is they've got a split second to make a decision. And I think once they come off of – you know the I don't know how you list the turns, but when they come off the turn, that's going to go through the intersection, whatever they call yeah. that. There's a decision there, and I, I, there's not much time. I think if you know you see a, the the car coming at you is is nose up, you better you better watch it because he's he's coming. If he's nose down, he's stopping. So um, I just think it's I've got a lot of respect for that split second decision, and you know those guys are spending a lot of money. It's crazy, <laughs> a lot of money. To drive through red lights at intersections yes. for 100 laps. But, no, it, again, just a cool deal. And like, like I said, if you've never taken the time to come out to Salem Speedway, and um, and I'll be honest, even if you have in the past and you've maybe only come for a day race, I'm telling you, it is, first of all, I, we didn't even address this when we talked about all the campers and the camping. It is free camping, first of all. Yes. There is yep. no charge whatsoever. Um Obviously, no hookups, nothing fancy like that. Bring a generator, but no charge. You camp right there at the track. And, again, just the, the festivities, the the event. Because going back to the Great American Stock guys, a lot of people don't realize they camp there. So you want to build relationships with drivers. You know, if you got young ones that want to meet drivers, they don't get in their haulers and leave at the end of the night. They go right out to the, the you know, the campground and, Many of them are there. Yeah, I was going to say, I think most of them leave their camper there for the year. Like, they, they park it, and, and, you know, they're there pretty much every weekend. And definitely a neat community, and, and I'm glad that, you know, I know that asphalt racing, you know, everywhere, and especially around here, it's it's kind of, you know, fallen off, and, and it's had its struggles and, you know, the whole different story there. But, um, you know, to see that community there at Salem really keep that, that alive and, and – I think, you know, they were getting close to 20 cars on a weekly basis, you know, for that series, which is good, um, you know, for them. So definitely cool to see that that stay alive down there. And I think if, you know, Bill keeps putting together these big events like this and really adding incentive, um, you know, you'll see some more cars um, come out, I think, for sure. So kudos to Bill. Yeah. Do want to give another shout-out here. We, we shouted out Williamson RV Rental, but um... – the country cooking is it country cooking? Yeah, I think it was country cooking. Uh, yeah. So if you're in Salem, man, I and I mean this wholeheartedly. First of all, there are very few restaurants I've ever seen as packed as what the country cooking yeah. was. Uh, but the production team went down there Sunday morning. We we all sat at the bar because it was the only place we could find. They actually had to move like pies out of our way so yeah. we could sit down. But you want a great home-cooked breakfast, country cook in Salem, Indiana. 
The only place open on Sundays, we found out. Yeah, and which is crazy to me. <laughs> you know, the, for, if I'm a business owner, if I'm normally closed on Sunday, I'm open, wide open on on uh, those Halloween weekends. 200 yeah. weekend. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, that place was definitely good. And it was neat to walk in there, and it's it's literally like you walk in a house. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's 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 a very home home style restaurant. So, um, you know, I think they got a kick out of obviously our crew with with Webb and and me and you and just we you know. Good dynamic there, so it was fun. We don't go anywhere quietly. No, no, no. <laughs> At all. No matter what's going on. But, you know, we to kind of transition here, we, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, the, the Halloween 200 kind of being the capping of our season. But we we still do got races coming up. And, and for people who don't follow it, this indoor karting deal um, – just continues to grow. And I, I've not gone down and done a show with you yet, plan on doing it here on November 20th. But not only does it grow, I mean, we're talking about some guys. Adam Stricker's been down there in a car. Um, well, Tyler nicely Tyler races, nicely races, races the whole – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you start talking about some of these guys that you watch on the dirt, uh, you know, all year long, whether it's on Dirt to Media or one of the other broadcasting companies that's in a modified or a late model, these guys are in go-karts, these indoor karting races all winter long. So, again, opportunity, live live uh, video action from the HRW Productions, uh, indoor karting at, at Sturgis, uh, available on Dirt to Media. But tell people a little bit, Ryan, what why they should tune in to an indoor go-kart race. You know, I it's funny when we, you know, Dirt Two Media started doing live broadcast. Um, you know, our first broadcast was was Fun Fest at Brownstown a few years ago, and you know that was the last race of the season. So we're sitting here like, well, what are we gonna do now? Yeah, like we, we, you know, we need to get some practice, need to get something together, um, you know, before we go into next race season with all these broadcasts. So I just got to looking and. You know, seeing that there was, you know, obviously kart racing goes on in the winter. I'm like, well, I wonder where the closest indoor kart race is. So just did some research, and, you know, it, it popped up when when that this series was still down in, in Russellville, Kentucky. And I thought, man, that's close. That's, you know, a couple hours. We can go down there and, and you know, at least get some practice in for ourselves. And, you know, I had literally been to, like, one other kart race in my entire life. So zero experience there, but go down there and – you know, get set up and immediately it's like, man, this is really cool. You know, it's, it's such a, you know, um, David Porter and his wife have done a really good job putting that series together. And, you know, it's kind of got a feel to it where it's, it's, there's some prestige there. It's a good, you know, solid series, but it's also a very local down to earth family atmosphere. There's, you know, some of these bigger cart races, you know, that we've covered, you know, these guys are racing for like 10K and, and it's serious. It's it's just like, you know, a, a NASCAR race or something. Like they, those guys are, you know, it's a whole different ball game. But you can come down here to Sturgis um, and race with the HRW Raceway Promotions Series and, you know, you don't have to be, you know, the best of the best. And, and to go out there and, you know, say that you race with Tyler nicely and, and, you know, Brett Hudson goes down and, and races and, um, Joey Kramer, uh, modified racer, his daughter's actually racing down there. And there's, there's just a lot of neat people, um, like that, that pop in. Cause it's fairly close, you know, to our, our guys here. Uh, even Derek Groomer was down there racing yes. some too. So, um, man, if, if there's guys here local to us, you know, that race Brownstown and, and, you know, Salem and, and in our region here and, and looking for something to do in the winter, go buy a cart for a thousand bucks and, you know, haul the Sturgis because it's, um, you, you know, it's a good atmosphere. It's just laid back. It's fun. And, uh, and indoor cart racing is, it's, it's a different, different thing. And I've, you know, done outdoor cart races and it's, it's amazing the difference, you know, of, um, you know, what those events are, but definitely a good winter activity for sure. And, you know, I think the coolest thing about it is, is that, and I, I think we miss this sometimes. It's the best part of probably what motorsports offers and, you know, the different broadcasts that you can watch, but you can watch Tyler Na nicely, Derek groomer, Brett Hudson race against the next Tyler nicely, Derek groomer, Brett Hudson. 
because you're going to see guys racing that are that are unknowns now that'll be that household name. You know, and I think it's for for listeners that, you know, are fans at Brownstown Speedway, I think it's the pride everybody who grew up watching Brownstown Speedway feels with Hudson O'Neill now on Lucas Oil. I mean, he was Brownstown's adopted son mm-hmm. that is now racing big time. You're going to see kids that you'll follow their careers right now indoor karting racing that five, six, seven years down the road, you're going to go, oh, crap. That was that kid that ran a card all winter. And I think that's a really cool thing as a race fan. Yeah, and I really like where, you know, where we're heading with Dirt 2 Media and we're really positioning ourselves, um, you know, with we can get into this a little bit later, but, um, you know, with, with the kart racing and then the micro racing up at US 24 that we're partnering up with with next year, I mean, you're truly seeing the, the, the next – stars in the sport at, at these venues and um you know the, the kart racing deal like i said you know joey kramer his daughter that's an example i would use um, another kid was um connor garrison uh, greg garrison their, mm-hmm. their son um you know these kids have grown up in racing that's all they've known and now they're they're getting a shot at a very young age so it's very likely it you know by the time they're you know 16 17 years old they're they're going to be at a good spot so um, definitely, guys, if you know, if nothing else, watch online with this. Uh, November 20th, I believe, is the first one, and it's seven race series, and we'll have all of those live. And we've got a couple other shows, um, indoor kart shows, uh, the first of the year, too. So, um, you know, definitely like covering those shows, keep some content going, and, um, you know, if we can kind of help build, build what they're doing down there with um, – you know, the, that series and kind of help them grow and get some exposure. That's, that's good for everybody. And another one here, just, uh, getting to throw out our friends at fresh prints, but, um, shopthirstygoat.com has the official HRW yes. raceway promotions, uh, event t-shirt, uh, up there and, uh, throttled up a proud sponsor down there. So get over to shopthirstygoat.com. You can find that there, um, along with the don't mess with the bear t-shirt. So, Ryan, I, w- I want to kind of jump into to this part of it. And before we go any farther, you know, typically when we have a guest here on Throttled Up, about this time of the night, we, we ask them to, to thank sponsors and, and those kind of things. But I, I want to go a little different direction here because we talked a lot at the very beginning about web, and web deserves to be talked about totally. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think we would be miss, missing to say – Man, number one, thanking our, our regular Dirt to Media crew, um, which includes, obviously, your dad, the the legend, um, Bobby Bowling. Um, and 70 years old out there chasing man, cars around. You know, and, and it, it is. And, and I, I love your dad like my own. Um, I love that I can give him a hard time, and he gives me even a harder one back. But I hope at 70 years old, A, I'm breathing, B... <laughs> Um, I'm still, I still have the passion and the energy to go do what he does. And, uh, I love getting to be around him and spend time with him. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Um, you know, just to, to see him enjoy it and, and you know, know that he's kind of helping us out with what we're doing and, and, you know, he's, he's the first one on the track and, it, you know, you know how like we roll is that, that'll be texting me Tuesday or Wednesday. Hey, what time you get in the track Saturday? Well, and no you, matter what time we say yeah, we're late anywhere between, <laughs> 10 a.m. and and race time hot laps. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we we kind of clashed there a little bit. He's you know retired and obviously his his schedule um, you know is a little different than ours. But um, definitely cool to see him and and obviously my brother. Um, you know he's he's been with us from the start and and really um, you know it's good on the camera. Like it, it's amazing. I, like you know how far that you know. I thought it was kind of a one-off thing, not to brag or anything, but like once I kind of picked up on, it, I'm like, ah, that's cool. Like I taught myself that, you know. I he picked up on it just the same, so it was really cool to see that. And um, you know, he's the talent, and yeah. and you know, Nathan is one that will will always downplay his talent um, and not want to take credit for it. But man, and he doesn't realize even some of the just intrinsic things that he does without being prompted that shoots a race so well transitions things like that he's getting so much better at and you know you just you can't say enough about 
Funny. about him and yeah, what, he, what he does. I mean, you throw it back to the Halloween 200, like we had some technical problems. Normally that's a race we need two up-top cameras to cover everything. You know, there's just too much going on and um, had some problems there. And, and, you know, Andy didn't get to shoot with, you know, the equipment that we, you know, equipment failure we had and Nathan basically had to to make sure that everything was getting covered and and I you know I was proud to say we didn't miss much like with with one camera up top and 50 some cars that are you know 50 cars out there so um you know definitely huge asset to us and then the backbone you know of what we've got going on Andy Couch he's um you know you can't say enough about Andy he's really he's another guy too that that you know, when he was truly like me, too, when I got in this, like, he was interested. We handed him a video camera, and, you know, he, he went down to Twin Cities and said, man, just do your thing. Just just learn. Just do it. And, you know, it was crazy to see how quick he picked up on it and, and his passion and, and just dedication to, to wanting to make this stuff work too is really cool to see. And I don't think we could do it without him, honestly. No, there's no way we could. And, and he is, you know, we talk a lot, you know, through our, all of our stuff that we have going on and on how good of a balance and how, how good you and I work together as business partners. But Andy is kind of that glue that covers up all the things where we are alike. Um, you know, we shoot from the hip with everything, we don't take a whole lot of time to put in preparation for things, and um, we are definitely neither one the read the manual or watch the instructional video. We just try it and figure it out. And Andy is always the guy sitting there that says, well, on page 12 of the manual, it says you need to do A, B, and C first. And we're like, oh, that makes sense, but we haven't read the manual. So, yeah. but that, and I, I, I give him hell all the time about it. We'll always continue, but it is a huge part of kind of balancing us two together with Andy. Yeah, and it's definitely, you know, a kind of a, a longer-term goal for for us. I, I'd love to have, have Andy on, like, full-time, um, you know, be able to create him a position because I see the passion he's got for, for what we're doing and, you know um, – he's a guy that would really give us some of that balance and then kind of, you know, if he was here through the week, kind of getting, helping things get prepared and if we had a checklist, I, I think it could really take, you know, what we're doing to a different level. So, um, definitely couldn't do it without Andy. I don't know if we missing anybody else. Probably the other two, you know, that maybe not directly dirt to media, regular crew, but that we both need to thank. And I know we sent, sent them a message afterwards, but, my wife, Callie, your wife, Kelsey, um, you know, <laughs> it takes special we, – we've said this before. It takes special, special people to marry you and I um, <laughs> and have not killed us or divorced us yet. But, you know, both of them jump in anytime they need to here at Fresh Prince uh, with whatever we're doing. Um, they never give us too much hell about – a, the ideas we come up with, but B, um, the nights that we say, hey, we got to go to Salem to set up, or hey, we got to go get this, or we got. I get that it would be very easy for other people to look at you and I and say, man, just focus on one thing. Um, <laughs> it's not our style. Uh, and thank God that we have two wives that, um, that support us in it. And uh, I'm not going to say they always believe in us because we've brought some pretty crazy shit to them, but. Um, they at least don't question us too hard, or they just gave up. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I think it. that's probably more more what you know what it is. But no, it definitely it takes a team, and um, you know we've got you know way too many good people behind us, you know, and and people that you know not even being mentioned. It's just behind the scenes that help just with everything, and um, couldn't do it without them. And I think that you know moving into next year. Um, you know, I know on the, the broadcast side of things, we've got a lot of, of crazy stuff coming up and I, I thought this past year was crazy, but, um, you know, just looking at what all we're adding for next year and, um, you know, with broadcast and, you know, if you haven't seen, we'll have our new website up here. I don't know. It's, it's getting pretty close. We're, we're really wrapping up some things, but we're going to, it looks get, awesome. Yeah. We're I'm big shout out to my race pass. Yes. Definitely excited about it. It's, it's going to take, um, you know, our coverage to the next level, 
And uh, we just got to keep giving, you know, uh, giving and adding value to what we're doing. And, and just, you know, our ultimate goal with all of it is, is you know, just to help promote the sport that we love and um, just keep adding value. Well, and here's the big announcement because I teased this in our in our Facebook post, and uh, it's time. It's time for this major, major announcement. And this is coming out of the P3 camp there of Steve Peden Racing. And um, for those who don't realize, uh, Steve brought Royal Purple on board um, as a sponsor this year, and Steve finishes the winningest uh, Royal Purple sponsored driver this year, uh, picking up 10 wins on the year, and and, um, but big news, if you, if you happen to see his Facebook page yesterday, you know, he announced they're wrapping up the year this year, they've sold their car, but big announcements coming for 2022. And, um, you know, and, and the announcement is, as I, I spoke with him last night and, uh, we came to an agreement, um, he's going to go full-time bang banger racing for Dustin Roller Motorsports next year. So stepping out of the late model. Uh, Steve will be in a bang banger uh, for Dustin Roller Motorsports. Uh, we really, truly believe we've got the opportunity to go out and win track championships. Um, just really, really excited. Uh, haven't talked to Royal Purple yet if they're coming on board well, with the bang be my banger. Question. Like I know they're into <laughs> drifting and a lot of different things. Are they they into bang banger? Well, Steve and I haven't talked to him about that yet, but we <laughs> we really want to jump in to invest in uh, this uh, this bang banger deal. And uh, so yeah, we're we're headed that direction next year. So. Uh, Shout out to Steve Pete and uh, just keep your eyes on Steve. Uh, some exciting things coming, coming for him. And that is when I tried to even get a scoop on what the um, the exciting news was. That was the text I got back. So I did tell him. Well, then fine, I'm announcing it on the podcast because if you send me it, I'm I'm saying it. Uh, but you know, shout out to him and um, you know, keep your eyes on him as he goes forward. But Ryan, uh. Again, I, I got to say this, just, just looking back at the full year, man, it, it has been, it's been a wild year. It's been an exciting year. Like, as I think back, I start out at the icebreaker, you know, watching cars flip um, and, you know, Lucas Oil and, and Brownstown Speedway having to make the very tough decision to, to call it to an amazing No Way Out 40 race um, that, again, was another one we're there at noon and, we still didn't know if we were yeah. racing or not, um, you know, to to us getting to go do the Merle Downey um, at Lawrenceburg Speedway um, and be there for that, be a part of that, to, you know, Firecracker, to Halloween 200. Um, the things that we have seen, it's been a heck of a race season and, and exciting looking ahead to what's coming. Yeah, I mean, we we're really blessed with a lot of, of good – good racing here in this area in our region and um, even more blessed to be able to cover it and, and, and grow with it. Um, definitely, you know, I, I'd like, I, I don't want to say I'm not burnt out right now. You know, I'm glad it's, it's bittersweet. The season's is kind of over and, and we can kind of regroup and get equipment and stuff back together. But I don't know if I remember a time that I've been this motivated um, to get things together for next year. And, and, you know, like we've said, I, we're not the best of planners. I'm, I, I literally, I can't see, right now I can't see past, you know, I, I'm not even thinking about getting up in the morning. I'm still on today. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm still. What know, do I have to do right, before I go to bed? What's What's got to happen? And, I mean, I'm already, you know, scheduling for next year and getting getting things lined out and really staying ahead of the game for once. So that, that might be disastrous that I've changed yeah. my whole way of life. But. Um, just really, you know, set myself a goal to, um, you know, to try to get ahead of some things just to, to make things easier for next year and actually make sure that some things will happen next year. Um, you know, some of the commitments that, that we're taking on have starting to, you know, become a little more high stakes, I guess you would say. And there's, you know, we've, people don't realize, I know they get on the site and they're like, man, we got to pay to watch this or we, we got to do this. We got to do that. But man, it's, it's sometimes I wish that we could open the books and show people, you know, the, the commitment that goes into this financially. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to turn into a, you know, a sad story here. Cause it's not, I mean, we love, no, doing we're making it. it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we love doing it and we've, we've created the situation, but, but um, we've also not retired from our day jobs. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, 
That's a, that's my favorite question. People are like, "You still work at your day job?" I've got to. Like, I got to pay. Like, we <laughs> we work at our day job yeah. during the day. We work at Fresh Prince at night, and we broadcast on the weekends. Yeah, and um, you know, it's just crazy. and we still haven't got wealthy in any of it. So. I know. Yeah, and it's it's crazy to think. You know, I always wanted to to be a race car driver, and it's like I never had the money. And I sit and look at the money we've spent now. It's like oh, I could have had a team. Like, we, yeah, we, we could have <laughs> we could have really been doing. Could have been something. super late model racing. Yeah, but uh, you know, just definitely some commitments there that, that I'm excited to take on for next year. And, and just keep adding, you know, I say it all the time. I, I love adding value. I love the big picture and, um, you know, big picture. We've, we've, I think, you know, we're, we're right where, you know, we want to be. I know it's easy to get discouraged and think things should be moving faster, but you think big picture and, and what we've got ahead, um, you know, I think we're in a good spot and, um, you know, just kind of stay tuned around PRI time. Uh, we're going to be, that's, we're going to just start doing a lot of announcements of what we got coming for next year. And we think we're going to have something for everybody. I really do. And if you're going to be at PRI a little over a month away here, um, performance racing industry trade show there in Indianapolis, uh, the thirsty goats, dirt to media, we're going to be there all weekend. Uh, so we Moving actually, in. yeah, we're coming in Wednesday night, uh, just to, for everybody coming in later Thursday, we're going to check the city of Indianapolis, make sure it is ready uh, for PRI. But we will be there having a good time um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday evening. Uh, so look us up, get with us. Um, you know, we're happy to share a beverage with you somewhere and uh, and just get the chance to um, get to talk racing and, and plan things for next year. Yeah, and I think that you know, even for the drivers out there right now, and I know everybody, it's it's about time to see all the posts. Hey, you know, racing season's coming up. We we need sponsors. You know, if you want to sponsor us, call me. Well, that you know, that's that's to me, that's like beating a dead horse. Like, come up to us at PRI and and say, hey, I see what you guys are doing here. I know how I can can help this take off. You know, that this partner up and that ultimately right now in, in these days, this is what's gonna get you sponsorship is you gotta partner up with these guys and, and you know, and, and and make them money. And, you know, we've got the race clean brand right now that, you know, is literally sky's the limit with it. You know, we, we can you know, we're kinda sitting here, I don't wanna call it idle, you know, because we got plans for it, but we're just kind of waiting on that guy that comes to say, hey, I know how we can make this work. And, and it's going to pay dividends to whoever, you know, helps us make it work. So, and that not just that brand, but anything we're doing. And, and you know, I think that that's the biggest misconception that I see with, you know, I, I never really seen the perspective, you know, used to before we got in business of the guys saying, yep, if you want to sponsor me, you know, call me. We've got, we got packages. Well, as a business owner now, to me, that's, I'm going to keep scrolling. Like that's, that's, it's pathetic, honestly. Well, you've said it all night about how we try, we think in terms of how do we add value. If you're going to, if you're looking to come to us to get a sponsorship, that's my first question. How do you add value to us? Um, you know, because honestly, and, and this, and we're blessed by this. So I'm not saying this in any way, shape or form as a, as a negative, we have such good relationships with drivers in the sport. They know what we try to do. We're already on some of the best cars out there, not because we've handed them money. So if you're a driver that thinks we hand a lot of these guys checks, we don't. Um, these guys put us on there because they appreciate what we do and try to help support us. Uh, but so we don't have that need just to be on a car. Um, so how can you add value? And, and, you know, I think that's something, again, I'll give a lot of credit, you know, to Steve Peden on what he tried to do with his sponsorships this year. And he you know, introduced a sponsor every Wednesday and, you know, they're always included in every post and, you know, pushing people to go visit those businesses and those sponsors. It's critical, man. And, you know, I'll give another shout out to Drew Abel, man. He was the one that, that came in and said it, you know, the worst thing a driver can do is only see their sponsors on you know, the day they get the sponsorship and the next time they need a check. And if that's all you're doing with sponsors, you are not only hurting yourself when they say, I can't do this anymore. You're hurting the, the sport because the next driver that goes to that sponsor and tries to get him, he's going to say, I've been in auto racing. It didn't do anything for me. Right. And, you know, I think that, you know, you use Steve as an example of, of that, that Facebook post, you know, 
that doesn't go unnoticed when we see our brands tagged in this. And, you know, if you're an event and, and you know, dirt Two media is covering it live is if you simply just make a, a post, you know, about, Hey, we're racing at, at X, Y, Z tonight, watch live on dirt media.tv. That doesn't go unnoticed. Not at all. And, you know, when things do, you know, get to a spot where we're like, okay, who do we want to kind of help out? Who do we want to advertise with? Who do we want to partner up with? You know, we're going to go back to those people who are supporting us. And, and you know, that, that's why I just say you, you've got to be thinking in those terms of, of adding value. And, um, you know, it, it, like I said, it doesn't go unnoticed. So if you're out there listening and racing and, and looking for this opportunity, you know, just kind of pay attention to what you're doing with social media. Pay attention with, you know, just all of that type of thing. And, and you know, you're you're going to be kind of up on the list if, you you know, if something really does take off here. All right, Ryan, man, we're at an hour. Um, these are fun, you know, and I know we, like we kind of talked uh, a couple weeks ago when we did the one with Matt, um, you know, and, and – kind of changing this up and going to just straight audio for some of these and, you know, pushing it out on thirstygoatradio.com. If you've not downloaded the iTunes app or the Apple app store app, uh, get over there and, and download that 24 hour a day music, free music, um, you know, and a couple different shows. Obviously we're, we're pushing this through there now, uh, but not messing with all the cameras and the graphics and the production side of it, just getting to kind of sit down and talk, um, I know for me personally, as the producer of the show, it's a heck of a lot easier coming in here and just getting to talk. So uh, definitely enjoying this. And uh, thanks to everybody that's listening. I know we had um, several listeners at one point uh, on thirstygoatradio.com. And for everybody else, uh, don't forget to subscribe, like, share um, the podcast, rate and review it. It helps us. Um, but definitely share, like, and tell your friends. Come listen to Thrilled Up the Podcast. Thanks.